Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Birdie on 18 podcast brought to you by the St Andrews Biscuit Company, the number one biscuit in golf. My name is Jim and thank you for joining us. We've been away for two or three weeks. We've been away on our summer holidays, as we say here in the, here in, uh, the UK. Yeah, we've been on our holidays and we have had a rather good time up in Northumberland. And let me tell you that in Northumberland there are some rather good golf courses. Um, so what we are going to do, we are going to start a series of the courses that we've played there lately and we're going to start with Dunstromborough Castle Golf Course and what a lovely course that is and not only is tonight's show brought to you by the wonders of St Andrew's Biscuits but it's also brought to you by one of the finest inventions of modern times uh, never mind fire or, or, or the wheel or, or, or the electric toaster or sliced bread I'd like to nominate the uh, Titleist pencil bag to be recognised as one of the great inventions of modern times in that this thing enables you to play some decent holiday golf when you go away on your UK family holiday in the car and the car is absolutely ram jam full of all the usual kids shite and paraphernalia that you have to take there's absolutely no room for you for your usual sort of stand bag or your cart bag and, bag and, your, and your, your, your motor, motor caddy power caddy sort of thing but do not despair. Send for the Titleist pencil bag. Stick half a set in there and a few, few Pro V1s or a few Vice Pros. And I assure you, you can ram that thing in in the tightest space. It really is amazing and it will enable you to play a bit of golf when you're away on your jollies with uh, your family. So Northumberland, what a marvellous corner of the UK. Often overlooked... Uh, yet we can bang on all day about obviously Scotland, um, West Coast, East Coast, uh, Kingdom of Fife, all that sort of stuff in the Highlands. Uh, but let me point you to Northumberland. Um, me and my pals, we've been going to Northumberland for about 10 years or so now golfing. Uh, I also holiday there frequently with, 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 with my family. Um, so this is this is a bit of a sort of tourist board advertisement for Northumberland. You can have a great time on holiday with your missus and the family, uh, and you can have a great trip with your mates as well, playing some golf. Uh, and as we've alluded to on previous podcasts with regard to travelling north to Scotland from the northwest of England, uh, I'm based just in sort of West Yorkshire. It's it's key that you, you get your planning right. And for the drive up there, obviously, you need a decent services stop to uh, refuel and refresh. And let me point you to the A1 Leaming Bar Services, just sort of sort of Ripon and, and, and Beedale way. It's had a bit of a refresh lately as this. Uh, they put a, a newish motorway junction in there and just about an hour and a half in on, on your journey. It's per- that perfect time. If you time it right, if you get away early, you can get there. In good time before the the sort of half past 10 10 30 cut off where they spin the menus around uh, and it goes from mcdonald's breakfast to mcdonald's standard standard menu um always a, a key key part of your planning that just to make sure that you get there in good time to get the the, the breakfast and leaming bar is um certainly a, a target mackie d's uh, as I say, they've rejigged the, the junction there where you sort of come off and then you sort of hook back on yourself for, for about a mile or so. It feels a bit odd coming off at the junction and then coming back on yourself, having tanked up there for about 90 minutes uh, and what have you. But leaving Bar McDonald's in recent years, I mean, I, I stop there pretty much every time I go north on, on the M1. Uh, it's an absolute must. 
But I must warn you that that place is getting rammed these days, and I'm sure Mackie D's and whoever's got the franchise up there for that one have got their eye on it. It is rammed. It is bedlam in there. But Mackie D's is Mackie D's, and it must be done. So when you've got your sausage and egg sandwich, your hash brown and your coffee, and you load it up, get back in the motor, and off you go. Now, as we've uh, alluded to on previous podcasts, music, music and golf are, are, are big things here at Birdie and 18, but it's always key, a bit like getting your golf clubs fitted correctly and getting the right shafts for the right swing speed and what have you. It's key that you match up uh, the music with the destination. So obviously, uh, for our American listeners, uh, Northumberland is, 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 is near Newcastle, just to sort of generalise thing, and, and Newcastle, the northeast of the UK, uh, matching up the music for that... We had to go for a bit of Dire Straits, um, terrific, legendary UK band from the mid sort of 80s. And that absolute defining moment was the 1985 album Brothers in Arms. Uh, now they'd been around for a few years before, had a few albums out prior to that, such as Communique, which is pretty good. Uh, but crikey, when Brothers in Arms landed uh, in 85, just been just doing a little bit of research tonight on, on, on Wikipedia, just looking back at this. You know, Wikipedia is just sort of, obviously, the list, this the discography and where how it's charted around the world. And column after column for Brothers in Arms is just one, 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 multi-platinum in virtually every civilised nation around the world. So Dire Straits must have made it absolute fortune from that album quite rightly so it's absolutely superb um, and we were put onto it sort of back in the mid 80s by at school we had a physics teacher who was one of those physics teachers who was a bit fancying himself as a bit of a dude uh, it was actually a rare animal for a physics teacher and that he actually had a personality uh, he was a decent physics teacher nice bloke uh, but he also had sort of interests out, outside of, 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 of the physics laboratory he actually had a life and could could speak to people. He had it. He had he had some people skills. Um, one of those teachers who, who read the enemy and was at pains to sort of let you know that he read the enemy. But he sort of advised us that um, Dire Straits were, were, were a decent band and 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 this Brothers in Arms album was pretty good. And um, how right he was! What an album! Right at the sort of start of the CD CD era. And goodness me, shifted some copies. Uh, money for nothing. Any chicks for free, all that sort of stuff. Mark Knopfler leading the charge with his uh, with his his comedy sort of headband, but boy could that that guy play guitar. So yeah, matching that up with the visit for the northeastern, great just to stick that album back on from start to finish. Again, back when albums were albums where you got that sort of running order. Um, even on a CD player, if, if you were fortunate enough to get your CD machine for Christmas from from Boots or, or the local Dixons. Um, that the sequencing again it, it's just amazing when you, when you hark back that sequencing of, of, of tracks and music um, it, it just comes comes flooding back to you you know terrific songs like So Far Away Money For Nothing like I've discussed Walk Of Life Your Latest Trick uh, Right Across The River Why Worry and then, then The Closing Brothers In Arms and, and, and the standout track was always sort of Money For Nothing um, chimed in also not only with the sort of CD launch but also uh, MTV's uh, arrival uh, and guest vocalist Sting again just to sort of complete the the, the Geordie connection Sting cracky what what a what a what a superstar there and and two two superstars on one track with Sting and Mark Knopfler 
giving it some money for nothing for MTV. So, yeah, you know, that was uh, that was rocking out the car stereo on the drive north. But, uh, cracker, we digress. I'm sure this is a golf podcast. But uh, anyway, here we go. So Dunstanbury Golf Course, it's set on Embleton or in Embleton Bay, which is just between uh, Craster or Craster uh, and a small village called Newton. It's not even a village, I would say it's a hamlet. Uh, of course, golf was first played um, at Dunstanbury in 1900, so there's plenty of history at the course. And then our old friend James Braid laid out the uh, the, the, the current layout of the course, um, and the course itself is down a lovely a lovely lane. It, it's, it's a dead end lane. You sort of you just cut in, you cut through sort of Embleton Village, uh, past the post office, uh, down the lane towards the beach, and it's one of those lovely lanes that takes you to a beach, um, and. At the end of that lane is not only the beach and the sea, but the Dunstanbury Castle uh, Golf Club clubhouse, which it was a lovely, charming clubhouse. Uh, plenty of parking, um, and I teed off uh, at seven thirty. I was literally the first one out on the course, and again, I was. The, 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 it, was, it was a glorious morning actually, and the sun the, the sun had, had, had just risen and it, it, it was burnt, sort of burning through and making its presence felt. So there was, was a nice sort of layer of layer of dew across the course, and just a wonderful time to be playing golf. And there are already sort of teams of lads um, out on the course, obviously more in the greens, more in the fairways, uh, and the first uh, the first hole. It's a very nice and pleasant, inviting, so longish par four. It's um, four one seven off off the back tees. Uh, I played off the middle tees at four one three. A slight dogleg right. The hole's called Scaith, S C A I T H Scaith. I'll try as I might. I cannot find out what that means. Uh, no dictionary known to man or the internet seems to know what what Scaith means. But um, I'm going to translate it as pleasant opening hole now again as I, as my round went on I got talking to one of the, one of the older sort of green guys I think it was on the 17th I had a right good chinwag with him and he was telling me that uh, the Faldo series uh, had been there the week before and as I say just, just, just to sort of reiterate that uh, obviously those boys uh, those uh, stars of the future as they like to be known those boys would have been playing off the white tees on the first, which is, uh, as I say, is 417 yards. Now, the guy I was talking to, one of the greenkeepers, I said, all right, good chin one with you. He told me that one of the lads actually drove the green. One of the Faldo series lads drove the green, uh, all the 417 yards, which, uh, I, I mean, both of us found that quite astonishing. We were having a right good chortle about that. Um, so not only have you got a absolutely nail your drive I mean it was, it was rock hard the fairways were rock hard uh, but he must have got a lovely shape on it a lovely sort of fadey shape that uh, scuttled it onto the greens so yeah well done whoever that young star was 417 yard drive pretty impressive that but uh, uh, alas my drive wasn't in the region of uh, 417 yards far from it uh, I think it took me uh, about um, three shots to get maybe even four shots to get Within the vicinity of the green, green and I, uh, I carded my usual sort of asterisk two, double bogey six on the first hole. Uh, but a lo- lo- lovely start. I say nice. I got a good drive away, but um, not great second, not a great third. Uh, and off we went. 
Now, the next hole, again, this sort of section of the course takes you sort of to the left of the clubhouse. The second you, you go up, there's a little climb um, at the back of the first green that takes you up to the second. The second, again, is quite an inviting gra- uh, drive. Uh, the hole is called Tom's or Tom Haas Hill. Again, not a clue what that means. And he's talking to a couple of the ground staff. They didn't have a clue either. But you've got a marker post on that. Good drive gets you away. Par four, three, three, five, six off the yellows. Uh, so again, got a nice decent driveway. In this section of the course, this sort of there's about a sort of six or seven hole section that takes you to the left of the clubhouse going north up the coast. It's pretty much flush to the coast, but again, a classic links landing that it takes you up towards the smaller village of Newton or Low Newton by the sea to give Low Newton its full title. Now, to, to give you an idea of how nice this part of the world is, this section of the course and that, that sort of genuine link section sort of between the course and the actual sea uh, is dune is land uh, and it is owned by the National Trust itself. Uh, and among this dune land are some beach huts which are hugely desirable and attractive. And whether you're looking them, at them from, from the golf course side or whether you're actually sort of on, on Newton Beach itself or Embleton Beach looking up at them, you can just I I certainly do and I think God wouldn't it be nice to own one of these days but you might need a few quid I mean it's not quite sort of Padstow or sort of Abasok territory um, I, I always think this 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 part of the world it's it's a bit like Abasok sort of without without the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris there's a lot more subtlety class and finesse to it uh, but this this sort of this section of the course that sort of just say sort of touches on on, on Newton is is absolutely marvellous. Uh, and hole three, called New Biggin, uh, is a nice dog leg. Uh, I'd taken maybe four or five iron off the tee there. Uh, the big hitters apparently try and cut the corner uh, and get uh, try and get close to the green. But certainly for the you know Joe Amateur like myself, I wouldn't advise that. A nice four or five iron. Just put yourself on the corner of the dog leg and give yourself a nice seven or eight iron into the green. Uh, I actually parred that hole. Nice sort of regulation par, just to sort of settle the nerves and get the round going and that is one of the sort of the farthest northerly points on the course and next hole hole four uh, is the first par three on the round um 159 yards off the yellows and the hole is called plateau bit of a giveaway that plateau and yes it's got one of those upturned saucer greens with bunkers either side danger front left back you name it it's an absolute beauty of a hole uh, you need a. You pretty much need to stiff your tee shot on the green. Uh, anything, anything left or right, has got a sort of steep runoff, leaving yourself a steep chip, or a steep sort of um, Phil Mickelson style sort of parachute shot. Uh, and that's if you're not in 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 one of the sort of two or three very deep pot bunkers. But re- really, really superb par three is this. And again, this just butts onto some of the nice beach hooks that we just mentioned. And you get a lovely view of the sea. This is, you know, another thing I would say about Dunstanbury is one of these classic links courses that you, you, you've got a view of the sea pretty much all the way around. Uh, certainly on this section of the course, um, or even though you've got the beach huts and, and, and the dunes sort of in the way to an extent, you can still see the sea. Um, and obviously the castle way in the distance, you know, as, as, as we've said before, there are some links courses in the UK where the websites dress them up as being 
by the sea and showing these visuals of, of the sea and you think oh this looks great we'll go and play some golf here and you get there and you can't even see the sea you know you don't you don't you don't you don't set set eyes on the sea once in in, in four friggin hours so um Dunsbury, you won't be disappointed you will see the sea pretty much all the way around um and if you come away with a par on uh, on 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 hole four, the plateau, you've done pretty well. So um, I was pretty chuffed with my par on that one. I just about held my six iron on the green, uh, and, uh, and and two putted for a three. Now next up, hole five again is an absolute cracker. One of these holes that. I really think there should be more of these. It's a par four, 278 yards. Yes, 278 yard par four. And it had one of those, or it's got one of those sort of rolling, corrugated, linksy fairways that, yeah, on a day like when we played, you, 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 you obviously could drive the hole, but uh, good luck to you trying to do that. You know, there's absolutely no saying what direction your ball, ball could go. You could sort of play a long four iron something like that like i did nice nice sort of four iron got me just 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 front side of the green basically it bounded and, and ran on like like a like a giddy puppy on a summer's day uh chasing a juicy bone uh, but landed just short of the green ultimately and again the green sort of tilts from right to left a bit strongly defended by a couple of pot bunkers either side but a real a real crack of a par four, you know. It's one of those one of those holes. I mean, I, I was I was stood stood on the fifth tee before I decided to take my par four, and one of the greenkeeper guys had just arrived. So I was having a bit of a chat with him, and we were just we were just saying what a great hole it was. So I've played Dunsford now about five times, uh, and I just love this hole. Uh, and he, you know, he was sort of saying, "What, what are you saying? You're going for it?" And I went, "No, no, I'm good at, good at it. I'm not. You know, the driver's not coming out. You know, I, I, God knows where my ball might go if I got the driver out. But uh, yeah, going with the four iron. Um, I'm going to run one up there. But uh, love, lovely hole. Um, hit a nice four iron, but unfortunately, my second went into one of the pot bunkers that took me a while to get out. So, but terrific, terrific hole. Um, and again, this just sort of gets you back sort of pointing southwards along the coast towards not only the clubhouse but obviously the, the uh, you know the, the absolute showpiece of the course which is the castle you know you're quite a fair way from the castle at this point but up ahead in the distance is this fairy tale castle done from the castle so you just start to get juiced up you know you're round settling down you're getting warmed up you're getting a feel for the course and you're heading back sort of southwards down the coast towards the, the sort of business end of the course so you know, even if this first few holes has, has, has been excellent so far, things are about to get a whole lot better. So as you finish the fifth hole, you come back to the point on the course, which is um, the, the highest point on the course, probably. It's that raised bit just above the back of the first tee. So you sort of come back on yourself from these first five holes. Uh, and the sixth tee bed is the, the hole is called the salt hole. Now, Northumberland is blessed with, in my experience, two of, of the very finest elevated tees uh, that I've played in, in my golfing time. Uh, and when I say elevated, I don't just mean a, a slightly bit raised. I mean, like, properly elevated. These are magnificent driving uh, tees. Uh, and one of them is the one we're now stood on, uh, the six. Um, at Dunstanborough Castle called a salt hole uh, and the other one is the seventh at uh, Almouth Village uh, golf course which is uh, about five miles away uh, so again you are blessed with as I say two of the finest uh, and most inviting driving holes you could imagine 
And I don't know about you boys and girls, but when you're playing golf, there's enough occasions when you stood on a tee bed where you've got your driver in hand or, or you may have even bottled taking your driver because you are facing the whole sort of list of golfing trouble. There might be water, uh, there could be trees, it could be sort of narrow tree-lined course like some of the some of the Surrey courses tend to be they're painfully narrow I always find those courses I say there might be a bit of water on the right a bit of water on the left there might be out of bounds uh, there could be farmers fields there could be there could be heather there could be gorse there could be bushes you name it a number of times you do stand on a tee and you think oh goodness me I don't fancy this one yeah am I going to slice it right or am I overcompensate for my slice and and get the old snap hook out and you can sort of feel yourself you can feel your shoulders tightening you can feel your swing tightening you can sort of think feel yourself just thinking i should take driver i should have the confidence to stick with my driver and and trust myself to hit a straight drive but nine times out of ten you know you just you just can't and and you just have that awful restricted swing where you know, you think something's going to go wrong and, and, and obviously as we all know on a golf course and when you think it's going to go wrong, it does tend to go wrong. So it, it, it's why it's an absolute joy and it's a rare joy when you do arrive at these tee boxes, as I say, like the like the six at Dunstanbury or the seven at Albert, which we'll come on to. As I say, they're not just elevated. These tee beds, they're sort of up in the guts and in front of you is, dare I say, absolutely nothing. It's as, it's as if every single sort of psychological block and restriction that golf courses tend to present you has just been stripped away one by one. No water, no sand, no trees, no gorse, no out of bounds, no walls, no car parks, no 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 glass um clubhouse windows or anything like that. Um it's just the whole of Northumberland is out there in front of you. And it's, I challenge any man or woman not to get a little bit excited, a little bit giddy at this point and think, right, here we go. This, this fucker's having it here. Driver is out. And again, conversely, whereas, as I've said before, on, on, on the tighter driving holes where you feel your shoulders and, and contract and your chest contract and, and you find it difficult to breathe, on holes like this, you just you, it's almost as if that iron cloak has just been removed off your shoulders. The air is clear and, and, and fresh and you can breathe and you just think, I'm having this. Um, so much so that I've always sort of thought that it, 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 it makes sense, certainly for me, to I liken it to a bit like an Olympic hammer thrower. You know, and they sort of just get they, they get wound up. They literally get wound up, and then just they unleash hell on that on that hammer and that string and that rope or whatever it's called, uh, and just you know just give it a, an absolute mighty flail uh, out in the grass in front of them with that cage surrounding them. So I always think it might be a wise move that if if if, if on the on the six. <laughs> <laughs> they should have wrecked one of those hammer hammer thrower cages because uh, you, you sort of you turn into a sort of combination of a, of a, a sort of Jack Nicholson in The Shining and a Tasmanian Devil. You're just foaming at the mouth, thinking, "Yes, this drive is going to absolutely have it." Um, and, and and the six um, is, is is perfect for this. I mean, you, you've literally nothing out in front. The, the, the only tiniest hint of danger. Um, is, is is where it gets it, its its name from. So it's called the salt hole, and just sort of just in your eyesight to the corner of the left is is literally a salt hole, which is part of the estuary where where, where the sea comes in at Embleton Bay. Um, but again, you've really got to play a pretty shite 
sort of 45 degree snap hook at pace to reach that so as I say you can stand on this tee box you've got the whole of Northumberland out in front of you you've got the beautiful sort of manicured farmers fields out to the right but I say they're, they're, they're nowhere near in play um, you, you've got the basically got the whole of the first fairway down to the right you've got a v- extremely generous fairway uh, of the six itself in front of you and it dog legs nicely to the left so you've just got everything there in front of you it's it's a gorgeous view and again i'd urge you just to stop take a minute drink it in and just 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 pay thanks to the golfing gods that we are allowed to play golf on such marvelous natural courses such as this the clubhouse is in the distance which you'll see lovely pleasant clubhouse and the car park and again just winking at you away to your left is 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 the wreck or the the ruin should i say of dunstrom castle but this hole is just the nuts and I perhaps should also suggest that as well as the, the hammer hammer throws cage just to sort of try and rein you in a tad, uh, they should maybe just put that pedestal of chalk uh, for your hands like they do with the, with the weightlifters in the Olympics because, again, you, you're just ready for such a, a, a combustible release of energy that it does just seem wise just, just to just to dab your hands a bit with, with a bit of chalk before you get your driver out of the bag. But, yeah, you know, walk up to the tee, peg your ball up, open the legs a touch puff the shoulders out a quick waggle Ben Hogan style and then just unleash hell on your tight list or whatever is your ball of choice and smack the arse off it down the middle of the fairway you it's just one of the most memorable drives in golf uh, and away the ball will sail like-minded thankfully it found pretty much the middle of the fairway just again just one of those drives that you, you just never ever forget it, it was a it, it, it was a terrific strike and then you can just march off off down back down the sort of zigzag uh, path um, back back down sort of behind the first and along the, the, the sixth fairway and it, again just just take a moment to drink drink it all in uh, you've got the clubhouse ahead of you on, on, on the right lovely manicured fairways the sound of, of the waves rolling in on Embleton Bay, lovely, lo- lovely Crescent Bay is out Embleton, Embleton Beach. Uh, and then, of course, just winking at you up ahead in the distance is, is the ruin of Dunstrom Castle, the star, of the star of the show. So great hole, the six. And again, I, I just pause for a moment and thank the golfing gods that we are able to play our favourite game on, on just these wonderful natural courses, perfect links land. Uh, and, and we're only at the sixth hole here. You know, you just sort of done that, the, the first six, the, the sort of hook of the course up towards Newton. You're coming back, coming back towards the clubhouse and, and then you cross the road over onto the seventh. Now, the seventh is a is, is a, a jolly good hole as well. The seventh is called Burn. Again, lovely sort of connection with Scotland. Again, when you sort of just poke beneath the bonnet or nose beneath the bonnet here of, of the various courses and links courses around this part of the world, that the, the connection with Scotland is quite strong. Um, and yet the name is burnt. It's a, it's a lovely tee shot. This you have got sort of out, of, sorry, not out of bounds, but you've got you will lose your ball if you hit it left. But it's it, it's not really a drivable hole. And again, this is another one of the big things I love about Dunstanbury is that you're not taking driver out every hole, even though we've just been, been creaming ourselves about the six and that drive. You know, plenty of holes. You do just need to have a think about it. Three wood, four iron hybrid, that sort of thing. Um, and the burn is, is a good example of this hole seven. Uh, you've got a, a bit of a semi-blind tee shot. You go over a brow and, and the landing area is, is in a bit of a dell, um, a hidden or, or, or obscured dell in front of the um, elevated green. So again, a four iron will get you in play nice. And then you've got a nice sort of sort of wedge or, 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 or a lob edge up to the green. Um, 
just 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 a lovely lovely hole Short, shortish par four at 299 from the yellows um but uh, again just one of those holes you just got to plot and think you know get 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 each shot right again which is again is always always a sign of a good hole and a good golf course that you have to think about each shot uh and you've got a few options with each shot as well um so yeah thumbs up for the seventh and just next door is the eighth called the dunes and again another feature of dunstanbury is that you, you most i think are pretty much nearly all the tea boxes are pretty much adjacent to the previous green apart from the first as we've said so you've got a short hop onto the tea bed for the eighth the eighth is called dunes um good par four 307 off the yellows it's called dunes because it's got terrific green greens complex it's going to sound like no laying up um it's got terrific dunes complexes down the left hand side a magnificent set of dunes any any keen geographers out there you'll have a lovely time if your ball goes in there uh rooting around trying to find it but uh, absolutely superb green complexes down the left quite an inviting driver so you can get your driver out and give it a good spank because you've got plenty of room out right uh, and then again, you know, good, nice, proper linksy, corrugated, undulating fairway um, to, to 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 make you think about your shot. And again, you've got to get your approach in, into the green right. Two good pot bunkers just waiting to snaffle your 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 ball. Proper pot bunkers as well. Uh, you might spend a bit of time in there. Uh, you want to avoid those unless your your sand plays of sort of Seve or, or or Luke Luke Donald standards. Um, good par four. You'd be happy if you, you know, sorry, you'd be delighted if you come away with a par on here. You, you'd be pretty happy with 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 a bogey, as well as I was. Uh, and again, the the, the 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 real magic of this section of the course is that, as as you sort of heading southwards, you are getting closer to on each hole that that Dunstanbury Castle is, is is ahead in the distance. And as, as you work your way along this sequence of holes. Um, you, you, you're getting close to the castle and the castle just looms in, 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 into view and it's in the frame on most shots just getting nearer and nearer and it, it's, it's just terrific you know you've, you, you've got you've got em, you've got Embleton Embleton Beach to your left I said the great dunes complexes on the left hand side you know that, that lovely sea breeze and the sound of, of, of the sea rolling in um, just a, a beautiful beautiful um, place to play golf then on to the ninth, um, we've got the imaginatively called Halfway. Uh, I, d- I do like it when courses name the holes. I'm a big fan of that. And, and the, the holes on here do have some cracking names. Uh, some are quite self-evident. Um, but they, I, I, do, I do like a bit more imagination than just Halfway for the ninth. However, don't let that put you off. It, it's an excellent hole. Again, C to the left, quite an inviting drive. You, you can get, get your driver out on this one and give it a good spank. But again, the approach to the green and you got 371 par four so a good good you know a, a decent amateur driver uh, you get a nice drive away and you, you, you'll have a, you'll have a decent mid iron into the green however be warned there are three proper pot bunkers waiting to you for, for your front and right so again got to get things right um quite a smallish green by Dunstanbury stance so the, the, the greens tend to be decent size but nine 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 is, is on one of the smaller ones but again all the greens are immaculate and again you just sort of crest a, 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 a bit of a brow on, on onto this green and the castles in the distance see on the left drink it all in sea breeze filling your filling your lungs with a good bit of salty air then on we go to hole 10. You're really getting into your stride on this section of the course as we, we, we attack the back nine. Hole 10 is called Pillbox. Um, not 
should I stress because you are not feeling too good after a night on the beer and you're reaching for a, an ibuprofen or a, or a paracetamol because up ahead in the distance uh, at the back of the green is uh, literally a pillbox, uh, one of those sort of hexagonal, octagonal type sort of concrete pillboxes which some chaps would have been rather unfortunate to be, have be, been posted in uh, during the war. Um, but before we get there, let's have a look at the hole. Quite a sort of straightforward, pretty much gun barrel straight par four. It's a bit, almost like a bit of a driving range hole is the temp, I always think. You've got a couple of a couple of bunkers left and right where your amateur would, would probably look to, um, say not, not look to land his ball, but where, you know, slightly, if you're a bit hooky or a bit slicey, you, you, you may end up, but it's a pretty straightforward, again, inviting hole. You can get the big dog out and give it a good clank. Um... You know, it says on the scorecard a difficult driving hole, but I, I must admit, I would contest that. It's nice and inviting, so the only thing to worry about is uh, are those two bunkers either side. Um, you've got a nice green up, up top, bit of a bunker in front, but again, as, as you get up to the 10th, get up to the green, you'll see this pillbox. And I, I think there's a lovely juxtaposition on Dunstanbury that you've got the pillbox um, of conflict uh, in, in, in the Second World War, and then ahead in the distance, you've got the ruined castle, which um, has seen cracky more than its fair share of conflict. And again, it, I always find, I always feel myself that we we are blessed to live in the times that we lived. That you know, that the stresses of modern life are you know certainly some mornings, right? Which which golf course should I go and play on? And go on and go and play on Dunstanbury. And you can stroll up and down the fairways of Dunstanbury, surrounded by history and lads, lads about. 1400 years ago didn't didn't quite have that option you know when you can imagine when the castle was 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 in its in, in its prime and, and and had all all its walls all, all its walls and all its stones and bricks and mortar that um you know the the, the cast the castle was it was it was it was obviously a stronghold and you'd be getting grief from from the scots in the north um you'd have half an eye out on the north sea for these things called Vikings um, that you'd have you'd have heard all sorts of shocking tales about. And I think it was about 864 uh, when those lads first appeared. And you can imagine being poor old Cuthbert or Aidan who was on the night watchman's duty. Um, being sent to, you know, everyone else is getting their head down on the, on the bed of straw. You've probably got a belly full of ale or belly full of mead. Uh, and it's your, your gig to sort of see the night through and... You sort of hand over and said, any, any, "Anything happening? Anything happening, Aidan? Cuthbert? Uh, no, a bit quiet. You know, just just keep keep your eye out on the sea. You know, there's the, we're getting rumours from some of the spies that, that the Vikings might be on the move. But just keep your eye out on the sea. If you see a fleet of sixty odd massive fucking longboats, a lot of fucking long haired loons with daft helmets on, um, be sure to raise the alarm, will you? Um, and if you're not worrying about them, you know you're looking sort of north up the land, you know up, up towards sort of Berwick and 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 the border border country, which obviously you've seen its fair share of aggro over the years. And you know, yeah, just yeah, we've also getting rumours from the north that that, that that the Scots might be. Might be due another invasion. So yeah, sleep, sleep. Well, you know what, what it lads. You know, don't, don't, don't have too restless tonight. But just keep your eye on things. So you can imagine being a poor night watchman, thinking, fuck, you know, you know, all I want to do tonight is, is do a word search or something, or you know, just have a game of darts or a game of pool. You know, before you write it, obviously they didn't have pool tables back then. But you just want a peaceful night, don't you? Playing, playing some sort of medieval cards or something like that, or whatever the lads did, did then. 
But no, you can't. You, you won't get a wink of sleep. Would you just thinking, squinting out to sea, thinking, what, what the fuck's that? Is that is that a fleet of is that a fleet of longboats? Oh bollocks! Raise the alarm, set the beacons off. Here we go. It's game on. But alas, as I say. The only thing we have to worry about is keeping your ball on your fairway and uh, and, and, and and keeping keeping your card in order. So tenth pillbox, great hole, another good hole. Back you come down, um, eleven. Called Riggs, again, short par four, but no idea why it's called Riggs. Um, good sequence. It always Riggs. Perhaps for me, the one of, if not the weakest hole on the course, it just feels like Riggs is a bit of a sort of filler to get you sort of back going. Riggs actually turns, you, you spin around on Riggs uh, and you come back um, north. Yeah, I mean, just literally just let me get my bearings. You come back north and then you sort of spin around on 12 for Saddle Rock. Great name for a hole, Saddle Rock. Um, and this is this is a beauty of a hole. This is an absolute corker. Par four, four, four twelve off the yellows. Big, nice, inviting drive again. Get get the big lad out. Get the legs. <laughs> get the legs. Open your legs and show your class, as David Coleman famously once said uh, about Juanita. I think it was the Cuban sprinter, uh, and that lad certainly had some class between his legs. But get your driver out. Waggle of the shoulders and give it a good boom down the fairway and then you've got it, it dog legs slightly to the right so again lovely lovely hole for someone like me with my wipey fade and then a cracking approach into the green um with a few it's got a, a, a smallish sort of rocky rocky little outcrop at the back so lovely hole is this good par four but what it really is is the hors d'oeuvre or the horses d'oeuvres as a mate of mine at school used to unwittingly say for what is let's face it the piece de la resistance um for those of those of you who don't speak french that is the mutts nuts which is <laughs> hole 13 which is called castle now i've had a bit of a go with the lads for for being a bit lazy with halfway for naming the ninth the halfway, but I suppose the 13th, what else are you going to call it? You're going to call it castle, aren't you? So no qualms with that. So here we are at the castle. Now, you won't have played many holes like this if you want a picturesque golf hole, I would say look no further. And I would argue that there are lots of people people I say people sort of rush to Scotland and Ireland and places like this and, and obviously there's courses in America and, and elsewhere in the world which which are magnificent but the it's, it's clearly the signature hole for obvious reasons at Dunstanborough uh, it's just a little short par three it's a little little dibbly par three you could argue um, 99 yards off 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 the yellows um i mean the, the the most you can squeeze out of it is one two seven off the white so it's one two seven at best but you know most joes will play it off the yellow so it's 99 yards it, it's slightly reminiscent of of the seventh at pebble beach in that it is just that sort of dibbly dibbly sort of wedge shot down the hill uh, there's a bit of a slope that the, the green is probably 30 30 feet below you uh, uh, you know you sort of lose 30 feet 30 feet in height should i say so it's it's one of those sort of dibbly in between shots that you just say oh bollocks you know i'm going to do this there's there's a there's a ravine in front so again you don't want to go in there i say ravine it's more of a sort of a bowl. It's not like a. It's not one of those ravines that if you if you fell in there, you'd never be seen again. It's a bit of a bowl, uh, and then you're out of bounds at the back. That there's a wall at the back. So, you've a. 
it's one of those shots that it should be a piece of piss, but it always seems to be a little bit harder than it should be. Um, but obviously, you, and you, you've just got and you've got the castle in the background. The, the, the castle is magnificent. You know, you can see it's on a bit of a, a volcanic plug, or parts of it are on a volcanic plug. So you can, again, if you pause for a moment, as I always do when I'm playing this hole, and you just think, why, why did they build this castle here? It's pretty self-evident that. You know the 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 landowner, the gaffer. You know at the time would think, shit, we need to build a castle to protect ourselves from these marauding Scots and and whoever else might 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 be up for a dust up. Where do we build a castle? It's a bit like Edinburgh Castle. You know, it's it, it it's obvious that you build it on that volcanic plug. Um, the plug here is not quite as as sort of clear cut should I say it's not that sort of volcano like Edinburgh is but you've got you've got a you've obviously got the sea to one side so that, that that's 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 one side of you you defended you've got the plug that you can plonk your castle on and then they've built a lovely um a lovely ravine uh and and, and huge ditch uh, around the castle uh, so you can imagine you, you know you, you'd be pretty you'd be I think you'd all be in agreement in this spot for, for sticking a, a castle on it um, and then, you know, as the centuries marched on, you'd all be in agreement for sticking a, a, a world-class par three on it as well. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a cracking hole, it really is. You know, there, there can't be many golf holes in the world that have got a 1,400-year-old castle uh, at the back of the green. So take a moment to enjoy it. I'm sure you will. Um, I hope you I hope you plonk your ball on there. I'm sure you will and come away with a par. I just about hung on to the back of the green. And then I cozied, uh, cozied quite a long put up towards the hole and, and tapped in for par. So um, memorable par three on, on, on what is what is one of the finest par threes in, in the world of golf, I, I, I would argue. And then over we go onto the 14th, Crags. Um, one of the few par fives, they're not loads of par fives. Let me just check the card. There is one par five on the card. Um, there you go, I told you there weren't many. Uh, there's one, uh, it's a par 70, so uh, Craggs is par five, five two one off the yellow, so decent decent par five, good, good length that for us amateurs. Uh, nice hole again, nice inviting driving hole. You're out of bounds left-ish, well that shouldn't really bother you. I mean, farmer's field's on the left. Um, you, can get, you can get a good drive away. Um, Smallish green again, well protected by three, three bunkers, uh, which they like to do. Um, and then fifteen is basin, nice, nice par three. Again, in, in a bit of a basin, um, as the name suggests. Um, again, there's there's a big bunker on the front, so make sure you, you stay out of there. Don't want to be in there. Then we're on the sort of home stretch now. Sixteen steads again, just nice, pretty much regulation par four. Par 4, 380 off the yellows, uh, SI12, so steady away. Uh, and then, almost home now, uh, Elders, 17, uh, SI9, par 4371. Not much to report about this one, to be honest, guys and gals, but again, you get a good drive away, heading north back up towards the clubhouse, and then hole 18, yes, to complete the set, 18's called home, so... Um, ticked a few boxes here. The lads half halfway is called nine, eighteen is called home. But again, not 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 the biggest crime in world golf because there are a lot of holes, eighteenth holes called home. But 
Uh, it would be nice to have something slightly more imaginative, um, but never mind. 18 brings you home. Um, as we've said, just just be aware of on your second shot. Again, if you get a good driveway, you'll have a, you'll have a longish iron into the green. There's a cheeky, and I mean a cheeky, little burn. It's not a little burn, it's a windy burn, but yeah, it's... Um, it's a bit like the burn at, uh, on the 18th that, um, I should say, the first on uh, at, at the old course on St Andrews and the 18th at Carnoustie. It's one of those sneaky little burns which you sort of think you're going to be all right, but as I say, I've I've played the course four or five times now. I've been in there twice. Just, and I mean just missed going in this time. My, my, my iron, which I didn't quite catch full, it just sort of limped and got a very fortunate sort of last bounce o- over the burn. Uh, just to the, um, no, th- th- there's a bit of a sort of patch between the, between the burn and the green, so I just limped it over and was able to chip on. But yeah, nice, nice finishing hole is 18. Bit risk, risk, bit risk and rewarding, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a nice, nice one to finish on. And and there you go, 18 holes at Dunstanmore Castle. Um, if you get lucky like I did, and play it on a glorious summer day with no wind. It's one of the finest experiences you'll have, certainly in England. Uh, and again, it's this sort of corner of England that is often overlooked um, golfing-wise. And I would argue that if there was a diaspora, love that word, diaspora, of Geordies and Northumbrians who had ventured forth to the New World back in the day, to America and what have you in Canada, um, especially America, dare I say, if there were that, then I would argue that this corner of the golfing world would be awash with Americans rather than maybe Scotland or Ireland. Don't get me wrong, obviously Scotland and Ireland's courses stand up on their own two feet, but it does seem a bit of a crime and dare I say a bit of a bit, bit of a mystery that this corner of England uh, isn't busier. To not, not, not to put too fine a point on it and as I say if there was that diaspora there's that word again a diaspora of, of Geordies who, who, who'd made, made a new life in the new world and had sort of handed the message down through generations or, 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 or a handful of generations so to speak that you need to get yourself back home to, to, to Geordie land to, to the northeast, to the land of St Cuthbert and St Aidan uh, and all the castles and the fairy tale castles that abound and the abundant links golf courses which are as good as pretty much anything in scotland you should go and visit these and i'd also suggest that you know let's face it geordie land and northumberland it's not that far from the likes of east lothian you know you, you, your gullens um and and some of the edinburgh courses of this world you you dunbars and, and and north berwick east lothian gullens and into edinburgh that are obviously awash with with, with americans and what have you just just add a few days on. You can add a couple of days onto your itinerary. Get the minibus down. It's about an hour, an hour's drive down the A1. It's a very pleasant drive, you know, and you've got a raft of courses to go on. You know, you can go and, go and play Gossick. Gossick. Gossick is quite notable because it's an open qualifier, so you've probably heard of that. Um, but there are some beauties here. Dunstanmore Castle is certainly one of them. It's Lynxland golf at its finest. And if, as I say, if this course was in Scotland, you'd probably play three times as much money to play it uh, and you might not even get on um, because it will be so popular and the course has plenty as I say to 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 to, to merit um, visitors 
and it's got plenty to merit the accolades that I've just given it. And not only has it got excellent golf, but it's also I'm a, I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for detail, and especially on a golf course. And what you find at Dunstanborough is that there are some lovely touches, like the holes. The holes are that perfect depth and size, with about again I'm not sure what the actual perfect measurement is, but there's a good inch or so of turf above the cup. And, it, and they're painted white, you know, that that Vickers collar, the dog collar of white that just accepts your ball and then drops your ball lovely in the cup. And not just that, but the cup itself has the lovely Dunstanborough Castle logo on it. And let me tell you, the logo's magnificent. It's a rather heraldic sort of crest logo with three lions on, which again will sort of stir the soul of any Englishman, whether or not. It's in a lovely sort of red and yellow. Um, three lions and then the outline in black of the castle and the skyline above it. It's a terrific sort of heraldic sort of logo, not one of these shite ones you see with the sort of cross golf clubs on which seem ten a penny. Um, you know, again, little things like that. The cup, as I said, it's got the logo on it. The flags are terrific. The flags are mint. You know, you get, if I remember rightly, it was, it's red flags going out, yellow flags coming in. Maybe, forgive me if I got that wrong, if I got that the wrong, wrong way around. The bins, the bins are lovely. They've got logoed bins. The tea beds have got logoed tea beds and markers. You know, the ball markers, the ball washers, sorry, sorry, not the button, you know, the ball washers, should I say, have got the Dunstan Castle logo on. Everything matches, everything's neat. It's as if, like, you know, the, the committee have, have, have got the catalogue through the door from the local sort of golf, golf course provisions provider and just said, let's just get everything. Let's get everything matching. Let's get the get the logo on it, let's do it right, let's not piss about, let's get it right, we want our course look, look, looking great. And it's this pride in the course, I know I know we discussed it on a previous um, podcast about Kirby Lonsdale, there's evident pride from the members here that if they're doing something, they're going to do it right, and this course is, is presented immaculately. And you'll find that when you, when you come off the 18th and you walk back towards the clubhouse, there's a nice veranda area outside where... The course is very welcoming. As I say, it's, it's sort of national trust, this area. So I, I know for a fact you could play at other courses similar to this where there's a bit of a... There would be friction between sort of walkers, you know, and beachgoers and golfers, and a lot of courses would, would have a justifiable reputation for being a set of stuffy bastards who look down the noses at people who are going for a walk or, or taking the kids to the beach. There's no evidence of this at Dunstanborough because, again, you just get that warm, jolly welcome. The, the, the clubhouse is open to walkers. Um, and I should know because when I finished, I thought, I'll just go and get just go and get a, a, a nice coffee and, and, and maybe a Twix or a Mars and I'll sit out uh, before I go back and meet, meet, meet the wife and kids. And I, I, just, I was bursting for a piss. So I thought, I'll just go in. And, 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 and the steward sort of said, hello, mate. Can I get you anything? I said, just give me two seconds. I just need to just need to use the facilities. Uh, went in, had a piss, came back out. And in that time, I came back out and there must have been about 25 or 30 hikers had arrived from like, you know, the local sort of Derby and Joan Hikers Club. Lovely, you know, that lovely set of old, old folk who'd had a, had a rousing morning hiking the dunes and what have you. And we're just all at the bar. And, and again, the steward sort of looked at me and went, sorry, mate, I'll have to serve these first. So unfortunately, I didn't quite have time just to sit outside with my coffee because it, it was taking him an age to sort this, uh, you know, the, 
the Northumberland Hiking Society out with their teas and coffees. But again, there was no animosity at all. You know, so many clubs just wouldn't have given these hikers the time of day. But again, you just you just don't get this in, in Northumberland. You certainly don't get it at Dunsumborough. It's a welcoming club. So I, I did just go and sit outside of the veranda for five minutes and just inspected my scorecard and just drank it all in because it, 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 it's, it's a lovely club, is Dunsumborough. I heartily recommend it to you guys and gals. Um, Favourite hole? Like I've said, it, it's it, 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 it's a tough one, but then it's not a tough one. It, for me, it's got to be six, the salt hole, the elevated drive, but you could take any any of these holes, to be perfectly honest, bar one or two. Obviously, 13, the castle is the signature for obvious reasons. Um, the, the, there's some beauties, you know, uh, halfway is good, eight, eight dunes is pretty good, but no, favourite hole, salt hole for the inviting drive. Um Overall impression of, of the course, I think you can tell from the last 40 minutes or so that I like it. The welcome you get in Northumberland and from the Geordies, and again, I hope I'm not patronising Geordies by calling them Geordies. I, I know you've got to be careful what you say these days. People, Some people take offence at anything, but I, I, I love these people. They're the friendliest, warmest, nicest people you, 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 you can hope to meet, and they certainly made... Made me feel welcome as they always do, um, whether I'm there with my mates or just on my tod as I was this time, and just just terrific. I said, uh, it's a shame I couldn't have stopped for a, for a coffee, but I said that the hiking society put paid to that. If you are looking for a drink afterwards, oof, there's there's lots of options, but I would strongly suggest you seek out the Ship Inn at Low Newton by the Sea. You you could almost you you could walk there from the car park along the beach northwards along the beach but again in the car it's only sort of five minute drive new low newton by the sea just just to digress slightly but i want to make sure that you don't miss this if you are playing golf there low newton by the sea is also a national trust and there's a lovely sort of square horseshoe of old fishermen's houses that are some privately owned some national trust some airbnbs all that sort of stuff but and just tucked in the corner is a pub called the ship inn privately owned it is my favourite pub in the UK, and that's saying something. I've got a lot of favourites, and I've been in many of them. I would say this is just about my favourite. It's terrific. The beer is fantastic. The welcome is, is fantastic. There's just something about this pub. Um, it's got it. Again, like we've said it, you know, you, you can play some golf courses, and you can't quite put your finger on what, it, what they've got, but they've got it. It's just this intangible thing, and it's exactly the same for the shipping. So get yourself there, guys and gals. Um... The ship in it, um, low Newton, should I say, by the sea, is 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 great. It's busy for obvious reasons, but lovely pub. So there you go. You, you you've got everything here. You've got Dunstan Castle Golf Course, Grade A golf course, thirty five quid I paid, which, which is which is nothing um, these days compared to what you have to pay at some lesser courses. Get yourself there, get yourself in, 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 in the shipping after, you'll have a great time. So thanks to everyone at Dunstable for looking after me. Great round of golf, thoroughly enjoyed, and we'll see you all again soon. If you've enjoyed this, here goes the Rick Shields bit. Please like, please follow. Feel free to leave a comment and review whether you like it or you don't. You know, we're all ears. It does help. I know I know everyone's at it these days, but it, 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 it does help. Uh, and if you like this, head over to the website, birdieon18.com. Hopefully you'll like some of the t-shirts, caps and sweats on there. Feel free to buy one uh, and leave some comments there. So I hope you like Birdie on 18. hope you like what we're doing. We all love golf. I think you're getting a feel for us by now of what we're about. 
we like to enjoy golf. We have a beer afterwards and we have a bit of fun. So thanks to everyone who's, who's left some comments so far. Um, it does mean a lot to us. Um, please like, please follow, etc. Until the next time, enjoy your golf. Enjoy your tea and your biscuits. Make sure your biscuits are from St. Andrew's Biscuits, the number one biscuit in golf. They will make your tea and your coffee taste better. And we'll join you on the next one. Thanks again. Take care and play well.